Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm speaking with Deja Riley, who was a dancer and now does fitness. And I actually love people that have dance backgrounds. You know, there's that thing like where you can walk into a room or at least in New York City, you can walk into several rooms and like you can spot people that are professional dancers I'm sure it's the same everywhere. If you know dance people or hang out with dance people, they just have a certain posture, a certain way of carrying themselves. And God forbid you spend like a night out with someone who's a dancer that nothing will make you feel worse about your dance moves. It's like going to karaoke with friends that are really good singers. And you're like, okay, like I'm singing and it's really bad. And that's what makes it funny because we're all drinking and I'm way off key. But here you are a really good singer who knows what they're doing, also participating in the karaoke. Like, no, we can't have that. We can't have that. (laughs) But you know what? I I even use this opportunity to ask Deja, like, so when I am on the dance floor, like, what moves should I do? Now, she did dance with Beyonce. I mean, that that is the peak and pinnacle of, I'm sure, any career, but she also had realizations about what she wanted for herself that caused her to pivot into fitness. And I love a pivot. I love when people are able to look at their trajectory or just how they're feeling inside internally doing something that other people from the outside are saying, this is the dream. This is what you should be fighting for. Like you've made it. But having that check in with yourself to say, is this the dream? Is this making me happy? Is this bringing me peace? Or do I need to find something else? Do I need to go in another direction? So I love that she did that without spoiling too much. You guys will hear her whole story in this interview. I really love talking to her. Other than that, everything is going very well. I did my training. I did my workout this morning. So I'm feeling like I got that done. I'm going to do my new face routine at night. I've like broken that out. It's charging by my bed so I can remember to do it at night. And overall, I'm just feeling feeling really good and really grateful that it's finally spring and excited to share this conversation with you all. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, everyone, I am joined by Deja Riley. Welcome to Naked Beauty. Thank you. Hello. Hello, Brooke. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you about all things like fitness and wellness. I know that you were formerly a professional dancer, and then you kind of started to move on to more like fitness and being a fitness expert. And you're really focused on empowering diverse communities around wellness and fitness. So I am very excited to talk to that about that because I've had 
such a transformative year for myself in terms of my fitness journey. And I haven't had a chance actually on the show to talk to anyone about fitness just yet. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm happy to be the first of, I'm sure, many guests. Tasha, what did, what did beauty look like for you growing up? And where are you from? How did those early experiences with beauty shape your approach today? Yeah, so I originally was born in New York. I, I live here again now. So it's kind of a full circle moment. I moved to New York again last year. But I was born here in Westchester County, New Rochelle. That's where my mom's side of the family is from. And my dad's from Harlem. And I guess my beauty standards were established from watching my parents, watching, you know, their skincare regimens, watching, you know, them take the time to really take care of their bodies, their skin. And I really honestly just thought everything that my mom did was perfect. Like she set the bar for beauty with me. And my mom didn't really wear a lot of makeup growing up. So I always used to look and admire the fact that she would just like pop on a red lip and like her skin was just flawless and she would just go out that way. And so I'd always watch the things that she would do. I remember like sitting on the counter in her bathroom and just admiring her as she's like washing her skin and moisturizing her skin. And she taught us from a very early age to make sure that we were always staying hydrated and moisturizing our skin. So like, those are two things that I carried with me throughout my life. But I think like in terms of products too, I was always looking at what my mom was using. And as I became a teenager into early adulthood, I started to gather some of those products for myself. And that's really kind of like what I use now as well. So I was raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia, very, very close to the ocean front. And one of the things that I always value in, you know, my skin care routine is getting enough vitamin D. And so I love to like be in the sun, but I also make sure that I like protect my skin whenever I'm out in the sun. So yeah, just like a little bit about like where, like what my idea of beauty came from. And I watched the women and the men around me in my life as I grew up and just kind of copied what they did. I see. So you're growing up in Virginia Beach and you decide that you want to be a dancer. Like when, when did your love for dance really begin? Honestly, at a very early age, I began dancing at the age of three. And I used to take like ballet, jazz and tap like combo classes when I was little. And I did a bunch of activities growing up. My parents put me in voice. They put me in theater. I played the alto sax, the tenor sax, the piano. And the only thing that really stuck with me was dance. That was the common thread through my entire childhood. I became a competitive dancer at the age of 12. And then that kind of spiraled into wanting a professional career. Didn't really want to go to college. I ended up going back to college in my 20s and, and getting my bachelor's degree. But I was very, very driven in just that entertainment lane. I wanted to move out to either LA or New York and pursue my dreams. I ended up moving out to LA and like built my dance career there. But yeah, I had aspirations of being a dancer since the age of three. Oh my gosh, I love it. Now I'm about to ask you who your favorite talent to dance with was, Brittany, Beyonce, or JLo. So we've got some heavy hitters in there. But before we get to that, Number one, I did dance class, ballet, tap dance, everything growing up at Alvin Ailey, which is not a bad dance company. 
Yes. Yes. What do you mean? But can I, t- can I tell you, Deja, the way I can't dance now is it's honestly so shameful. I can't even do like a simple little TikTok dance. Like I'm like, I, know, I did all these dance classes as a young child, but I... Just it just didn't carry over into adulthood. I don't know. Something happened. So you because here's the thing: you can do the classes, and there are lots of parents that put their kids in dance classes, but they don't. If you don't have that talent, that thing on top of it, you're not going to necessarily get to be a professional dancer. So I love that. At a young age, not only did you do it and you did the training, but you had that spark and you knew it's something that you wanted for yourself and for your future. Now I want to talk about being a professional dancer at 12 because one of some of the things I see television is my only reference, but I see like those young girls with like literally full face of makeup, like little crop top, like matching out, but they're kind of like dressed as like little adults. Did you do like those dance competitions? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. So you, I was, I was a girl. <laughs> okay. 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 Tell, tell me about that because I would imagine that I think 12, I was exiting my tomboy phase. But I would imagine that if you're a competitive dancer at 12, you have a different awareness of your body being judged, your physical appearance. So what sorts of messages were you starting to get at be- about beauty, whether they were positive or maybe, unfortunately, sometimes toxic when you think about the dance world at a young age through this competition experience? To be honest, like traveling into adulthood, I had a lot of unlearning undoing because of the dance industry. Um, I think that it definitely did change my my beauty standards. Very different from seeing my mom really wear any makeup to wearing like a full face of makeup with a red lip and lashes and sometimes like rhinestones over my my eyes and then all over my costumes and wearing like, you know, these very revealing sort of costumes at a very young age. I think it it forces you to mature a bit faster, but I also think that it created this imagery in my mind that that was the only way in which I was beautiful or pretty or, or had value. Like, I think that for me, it was rather damaging and, you know, I'm very blessed that I knew that I needed to do work on my mental health and like the, the necessary, you know, help that I needed later on in life. But it definitely traveled all through my 20s. And I I definitely can say that there were really amazing parts of becoming a competitive dancer at a very early age. And then there were parts that I would not have my young daughter or son in at that age. I think that like there's pros and cons to diving into a somewhat or semi-professional field of entertainment at that early of an age. As far as beauty, I would not say that that was on the positives. Yes, yes. Well, and that's actually going into the question I was just going to ask you. So someone who listens to the podcast very faithfully every week, her name is Vanessa. She's a dance teacher and she always talks to me about the relationship she has with her her girls, her dance troupe. Was there one teacher that you had that saw something in you? And like, and maybe I've just watched too many movies about dancers, but I feel like there's always like one, like, you have like a champion, someone that sees something in you and says like, you can do this. Did you have that experience? Absolutely. I will say that I had that experience when I was a competitive dancer, dance studio that I was in. And then I had that experience again when I was in my early 20s and I became a professional dancer. I would say my earliest memories of that was my dance teacher, Denise Wall, who pretty much taught me everything that I knew. She owned the studio that I went to, but she was also my dance instructor. And I just 
remember her being like a another mother figure in my life. Like she took me under her wing. I would like sit in her lap sometimes at the studio and just like sit there and talk to her. And I think one thing that she always emphasized in me was like my, my ability to light up a room, my ability to light up a stage. She always made me feel like I was empowered by that. So like my studio, if anybody knows Denise Wall's Dance Energy, I'm sure I'm talking to some dancers out there. It's a very, very competitively driven studio where like these are exceptional dancers. Some of the top dancers in the world now came to my studio. So you were excelling at everything. You could turn, you could leap, you could kick your legs super high. You could do all of the tricks in the book. And I was actually not proficient in doing a lot of tricks. I was not a gymnast. I was maybe kicking my leg up on a grate. I wasn't doing any like extraordinary tricks, but she showed me that I could still be a star and still like, you know, shine my light by just showing my personality. And I think when she saw that in me, that honestly was the light that ignited my, my love and my passion for the art of dance, but also the art of performance. I love that. I'm so happy to hear that. I think it's amazing when we reflect on, it could be a teacher in school, it could be like an early manager in your career, but there are just those people, those special people that see something in you and, and they they can change the course of your whole life. So I, I love that you've had that experience. Um, so you get to LA. Now, I just read some of the big names of people you've danced with, but tell some of the other people that you've danced with. And But I also just want to hear what the audition process is like in LA. Like you move to LA and you're like, I'm going to be a dancer. So then, then what happens next? How do you go from that to dancing with Beyonce? I mean, I came from the competitive dance world and still I feel like one of the most competitive industries is the professional dance industry in LA. I honestly, there's nothing that can fully prepare you for that. Yes, I did have like the gifts and the talents and I definitely had the personality to carry me through, but moving into that, I mean, it it was this wild Hollywood world where like, one, I was exposed to things that I had never seen growing up in Virginia Beach. I was probably very green when I was stepping into play, but, but two, like I didn't really, I don't think that I was fully mentally prepared to step into this environment where I was going to constantly be faced with rejection, where I was going to constantly be put in a box and told what I should look like, how I should move. And where essentially I kind of lost a little bit of my love for the art because it was, you know, you are stepping onto stage to be a robot or to be an accessory to something else. You know, you are not necessarily the artist even though I very much so felt that way when I was back home in my studio. So, yeah, so, like, moving into L.A., I got the chance to become the assistant of Lorianne Gibson, and she's actually the second person that I was talking about that saw something in me. Oh, wow. Miss Boomcack herself. Yes, Miss Boomcack herself. I am indebted to her forever. She was a mentor. She was, like, a big sister to me, and she really took me under her wing, and it was rough. Like, I think I tried probably every day on the gym, but like, she was building tough skin. She knew that, like, 
I was a star and she was like, not going to let up on me. And I am so grateful for her for doing that for me. But she also gave me my first professional job in the industry. Lady Gaga, I did Dancing with the Stars with Lady Gaga. And that like spiraled me into the rest of my career where I got to dance for artists like Beyonce, you name some of them, Britney Spears, J-Lo, Nicki Minaj, the list goes on and on. Oh my I gosh. Toured the world and, and really took the industry by storm. And I am so happy that I was able to do that. But it was really about the people that influenced me and, and helped me to get to the place and paved the way for me to get to the place. Yes. Well, everyone listening knows I'm so deep in the beehive. I should honestly get like a t-shirt. Like I am obsessed with Beyonce. So I, I, I can't let this Beyonce mention pass by casually. So <laughs> what did you dance with her on? And is she the perfection? Like, inter- like what amazes me when I see footage of Beyonce is like, she's there practicing with the dancers and she's like an amazing dancer herself. So I'm just curious, like what you observed and what you got to work with her on. I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce. I understand like the dedication to the Beehive because she is one of the hardest working women I've ever gotten to work with. I did the Super Bowl with her when she did Formation. And then I also was in the Formation music video. Wow. I'm just a little bit dead right now. Okay. So you were in that iconic Super Bowl halftime performance information you want to hear something really funny we have it's always strange when you speak to someone and you realize like all of these connections you have but i filmed a documentary in new orleans that was used for the intro of formation which is like as close as i've gotten to beyonce like shooting b-roll that that found its way to one of her music videos but that music video is just it's art like it's iconic it will like go down in history when you were shooting formation like you're like lemonade it just dropped no one knew we were all shook no one was ready. Like, did you have the sense that you were working on something so iconic and monumental? Oh, yeah. I was working with an icon herself. So like, yeah, I definitely knew what I was a part of was making history. I also got the the pleasure of doing it with my sister. So both me and my middle sister were in the video together and on the project together, did the Super Bowl together. And we were opposites of each other. In the field. So that was a really special moment for me. Okay, I'm just having a major light bulb moment. Is you are you related to Bobby Riley? Yes, yes, that's my little sister. Oh my god! Okay, she did my makeup in LA for the iHeartMedia Podcast Awards, and I'm like obsessed with her. She does like the best makeup ever. I love her, and like any chance that I can get her to do my makeup. Now we live on opposite coasts, so I don't get her anytime. But like, she's coming here this weekend, and she will be doing my makeup. She's oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well. Also, not to make it about your, you know, your parents, because you're incredible in your own right. But then you also have a very famous father for people um, listening, which I didn't, I did not know. I looked at your work and your work alone, but your dad is Teddy Riley, who's also an icon. Yes, I, I will say he's, yes, he is. He is very, a very talented musical genius. And I am, I'm proud that he's my dad. Yes, yes. Now, okay. So, so that also probably helped you keep your calm and cool and composure around Beyonce. Cause I already know I wouldn't, I just, she would ask me something and like my mouth would, it, it just, I wouldn't be able to hold it together. But you've probably been around icons your whole life growing up. Um, what was it like? Like even the Lady Gaga experience of dancing with the stars, what was that like? Honestly, I was, I was in awe of her too. Like these, 
amazing artists that I got to work with all had very incredible work ethic. I think that that's what they had in common. And I think I was absorbing that and learning from them in the space. I also think that during part of my career, as I'm dancing for these artists, I think I felt like I didn't necessarily have a voice. So like, as you're in the room with some of these artists, like you're not really talking to them, you know, you're just like, you're, performing with your body, you're using your instrument, but you're essentially like keeping quiet. You know, I think I was in a state of shock that I got to dance with Lady Gaga and dancing with the stars, but also through that experience, like Lorianne was like, okay, you're going to be my assistant on the job, but you're also going to dance in it. So then I was doing two jobs at once. So I literally was like, I was a mess, like trying to put it all together. But again, she believed in me. And I think her belief in me gave me a sense of confidence that I could do it, you know, that I could pull it off. And I did. And then I went on to tour and do television and commercials and, you know, get to even be a part of like, you know, movie productions and things of that nature, all because she gave me a chance. She gave me a start. And, you know, the audition process is grueling in in Hollywood. I know you you mentioned that, like asking about what it's like to be in these auditions. It's it's cutthroat, you know, like you're going to walk into the room and there are going to be other people that look similar to you and are going for the same job as you. And, you know, you're essentially dancing for your life <laughs> and putting it all out, putting yeah. it all out on the floor and, you know, just giving all that you've got. But I think that, you know, one thing that I am very proud of is that I did work. I, you know, didn't try to, you know, ride my dad's coattails in any sort of way. Like I went into these rooms as Deja Riley and fully just performed to the best of my ability. And it really spiraled into an incredible career. That is amazing. Well, before we get into your transition into fitness, because I'm 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 now like team weightlifting, which I'm like so happy about. I can't wait to talk about that. But before we get into that, I need dance tips from you in terms of you know how you can go into a room and you can like spot if someone's a dancer, like someone will introduce them and they'll like they'll be like, Oh, I'm a dancer. And you're like, Of course, because look at your posture and the way that you're holding yourself and like look yeah. at everyone else in here hunchbacked. So what are some tips? that like dancers know about how to self-present, how to walk into a room, like any posture tips you can give us or any tips for like, you're at the club, you're with your girlfriends, you want to like hit like a cute little like two-step, but you're not feeling confident. Like give us some dance knowledge. Like I need it. I'm really asking just for me. For anyone who needs the dance tips, I think confidence is key. Like you nailed it when you said like, oh, I'm not really feeling confident. That's going to give you away from the I think confidence be like walk with your head held high, keep your crown on, roll your shoulders down and back and literally just be lifted. Like I think that like one of the best things that I see on the floor, even when it's someone who's not a dancer and being a dancer, you can clearly spot if someone is, you know, has rhythm and move. But I think even in those people that aren't dancers, if you're confident on the dance floor and you're just going for it, like People are admiring that. They don't know that you're not a dancer, you know, but it's all about, it's all about a feeling. And I think like one of the key things that I always tell people, like if they're on the dance floor and they're not feeling confident, don't look around, like stay focused in your space, maybe even close your eyes and just feel the music. You know, I think it's all about the feeling on the inside and letting that burst out. 
out. So yeah, it's all, it's all confidence. I love this. What, what are we doing with our facial expression and what are we doing with the hands? All right. So not to not overdoing it with the hands. Cause I think too, too much in moderation, okay. right? You, okay. can, you, can maybe, you can maybe bring the hands up a little bit. Maybe the hands are down by your side, keeping it cute, keeping it casual. But I think even if you find just a little bop, a little groove in your shoulders, that can be good enough. Sometimes less is more, you know? It's just like a groove side to side. You find the rhythm in the music and you just ride it, you know? I think that like oftentimes people think about doing too much. You know, nobody is asking you to come on the floor and do a scene from Step Up. They just <laughs> want you to feel good, you know? Just get out there and allow yourself to feel good. That's what dance is all about. Okay. I, I love this. I'm going to take this out for me my next night out. I'm just going to feel it and just like be confident. So you survived the dance world. You reached the pinnacle. What made you say, I need to transition into the fitness industry and create my own brands and really think about making fitness more inclusive? 100% mental health. Mm. Once I gained an awareness um, that it was mind, body, and soul working together as one. I knew that I had to make some changes. And unfortunately, the damage that the dance industry did on my mental health was the first alert, the first red flag that something needed to change. Um, I discovered this actually, funny enough, on the Super Bowl field. Like I went through these, you know, few months of rehearsals and then finally just getting to the actual big performance. You're on the biggest field that you'll ever perform on in your life. There is pyro, you know, you are dancing behind an icon. You're dancing with a field of other exceptional professionals. And then for me, this is not everyone's experience, but for me, I felt small. I felt insecure. I felt insignificant. I felt like I didn't have value. I felt like I was disposable and no human should ever feel that way. And I think that if you are ever out there feeling like this in any place that you are, get out of there. Because, you know, ultimately it's not worth the damage. It's more, you know, it's more trouble than it's worth. I think that at the end of the day, like I wanted to do something that A, was sustainable with me, like wanting to build a family. I'm married now and eventually we'll have children. And I was starting to think about my future a lot more. And uh, I was like, honestly, I don't really want to feel like this. Like, I really love what I do. I have a passion for it, uh, but it's time to reinvent myself and find something else that feeds my physical impulses in a way that I can still feel alive and I can still feel healthy inside and out. Yes. So yeah. So that was the, the pivotal moment that made me transition into fit. Wow. I love it. And, and I know making the fitness industry more inclusive is something you're really passionate about. How much more work do you think the fitness industry has to do to be more inclusive and kind of what do you want to see happen in the industry in the next couple of years? Oh, Brooke, how much time we got? Cause we talk all day on that topic. I mean, you know, there's quite a bit of work to do, you know, in, in terms of, of DNI and in terms of, you know, really seeing the fairness across the board. 
when it comes to the health and wellness industry, there's there's a lot of work to do. I think that we need all hands on deck. I think everybody, you know, has a place in this movement, whether you are a part of the BIPOC community or you are an ally, like we need everyone. But I feel like my work in the movement is a representation and be speaking up for those that don't have a voice. And I think that I've been extremely gifted to be on the upside of tokenism. And what I want to see shift and change is not that like, you know, I don't get chosen because I do definitely feel like I have a purpose in all of the campaigns that I'm a part of and all the partnerships that I grasp. Like I think that all of those things are purposeful and I love doing them. But I think that my biggest thing is like, don't choose me, choose me and, you know, like choose me and her, I'm him and them. Like, I think that the more that you see a variety of us, more people within the Black diaspora, the more we will be able to push forward and the more we will be able to be represented and have, you know, the youth be able to follow them and know that there are places for us to live healthy, happy lives. And there are places for us to progress in our mental and our physical and our spiritual health. Like, I think that there's just not enough examples. And so I'm the oldest of 10. I have nine siblings. And when I talk, listen to my younger brothers talk and they come up with these very limited options of what they can do as a career or what they'll be able to do out in the world, it saddens me because I'm like, well, if you saw that there was another way, if you saw other examples of that, that looked like you, you would also think that that's an option. So yeah, that's like one of my biggest thing is like, I I always say like, it's important that I continue to challenge the gatekeepers of the health and wellness industry to examine their roster, examine their internal team and examine their C-suite and put people in position that are, you know, from these other groups that you don't normally see in those positions. I think that, you know, 2020 and 2021 and hopefully 2022 will continue to progress. But like there was a huge window of opportunity for brands to get on board, for companies to get on board with hiring more diverse, you know, roles within their company. And, and so I think that I was a huge part of that change in terms of Lululemon and Mirror. And I hope to see other brands doing that as well. Yes. Well, I, I love that you're a Lululemon brand ambassador because I think, and it's probably the way that the brand was introduced to me. When did I first hear about Lululemon? I think it was when I was at Stanford University. They had like a Lululemon shop in Palo Alto, like on University Ave. And it was just like something that like white moms wore. Like, but okay. And I'm saying this, that is shade, but I love Lululemon today. I have so much Lululemon in my workout. Like, Lululemon today feels totally different and much fresher to me. And a lot of the reason why is because I see them working with people like you that signal to me, okay, Lululemon is thinking about Black women. Um, so I love that you're, you're, you're one of the Lululemon brand ambassadors. And I'm excited to see where your work with them um, evolves. Now, I have to ask you about your approach to beauty because like one, I see the nails. The nails are on point and gorgeous. And thank you. And I use like the fact that I like am lifting weights and training as an excuse to not do this beautiful nail art, but you've got great, great nail art. And I know you're working out all the time. So we have 
The hair is incredible. The makeup, the skincare, everything is on point. So talk about (laughs) how you like, think about like maintenance. Let's maybe just start with hair and nails while working out all the time. So I think hair and nails is hard when you work out a lot. Hair and nails is huge like for me because I just, that's like everything for me. I don't wear a lot of makeup. So like my nails are like usually my accessory. I wear very delicate jewelry, very small. So like I like, I go all out with my nails. Like I love pops of color and like really funky designs. And then it's in terms of hair, I sweat a lot. So that's also important for me. Like my mom always was one to like groom herself of an eyes. And so I would always want to make sure that my presentation as far as my hair, like made me feel good. I've gone through several stages in my life, but I love my braids so much. It is one of the best protective styles. And then I can always do like all my fun little bins and braided styles within my braids. And I just, I love it. But I think that oftentimes like people will think like, oh, you can't wear your nails. Like you know, with, with gel and pops of color and things like that, because you're working out. Well, I box. So I'm making a fist with my hands. So for me, the importance is the length. I can't have coffin nails. They can't be super, super long. Like also I like a square round and I like them to be like relatively short. So I think a short nail is very chic. Your braids are incredible. They look very fresh. I'm always curious, like how often do you get your braids redone? So every three to four weeks, just because I sweat, usually five to six days a week. So like after the fourth week, which by the way, you said they're fresh. This is week number three. I'm like, I'm like three and a half weeks in. Okay. The baby hairs are laid. And so the style looks very, very fresh, but it's always a shame when people's approach to beauty gets in the way of working out, right? It's almost like you want to figure out what your approach to working out is and then pick the right beauty choices to maintain that because it makes such a big difference, which is getting a little bit into my experience with fitness and weightlifting, which we'll get to. But I need to ask, what are your favorite products right now? Skincare, beauty products, because I I can't skip over this beauty moment. Okay. So you just talked about my baby hair. So I'll start there. (laughs) I love pattern beauty. Like, yes. Tracy, that's baby hair brush. That baby hair brush from pattern beauty. So good because I've tried other baby hair brushes and they're too hard or they're too soft. And that pattern beauty one is so good. Plus one to that. It's so good. I honestly have four of them. Um, and I keep one like at the studio. So I make sure that my baby hairs are always like, but I use them and I use her edge control. And I also love her leave-in conditioner. Oh my goodness. If you smell it, like it's like, it's like lighting a fresh incense. It just smells so good. And like, you know, anything that's sitting in your hair, you're smelling it directly, you know? So I love pattern beauty products, hands down. That's like what I love to use for my hair. I also love Ors. Um, I use their, I think it's banana coconut conditioner and shampoo. Um, I've been using them for years. So like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I just use the same stuff. Yeah, love um, it. In terms of skincare, I'm a Kiehl's girl all the way down because... My parents used Kiehl's growing up and I saw that it worked with their skin and we have very similar skin. So I'm like, you know what? If it works for them, it's going to work for me. I started using it as a teenager and I've never seen it. So for like all of their products, I really love their calendula line. Um, I use their, that uh, face 
I think it's face foaming wash. And then also they have a toner that I use by them and a face mask, a hydrating face mask that I use by them. I also use like all of their eye creams, like sea serum. I love. Oh, that avocado eye cream is so thick and luxurious. And you know, I I feel we haven't talked about Kiehl's as often as we need to on this podcast, Naked Beauty. So I, I love that you love Kiehl's because Kiehl's has been around and doing it for years. Like they have great products. They do. They do. And it's really solid. You know, honestly, I'm like, it's light on my skin um, because I don't really like to use heavy products. Even when I use makeup, I'm always like, okay, instead of using foundation, I'm going to use a tinted moisturizer. I need something that's just like light and delicate on my skin. I do have sensitive skin, but yeah, Kiehl's is doing it right. I love, I love their products. And then I also use a Tatcha eye cream that I love too. I wear it at night. It's like amazing. I haven't like dug too far into their products, but I do like the eye cream. It's a hit. Yes. Is it the white one, the peony one? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great product. And have you discovered makeup that doesn't like run when you sweat? Like, is there like a mascara that you'll wear if you know you're going to be working out hard or, you know, recording one of your videos? Absolutely. So it's literally this old school L'Oreal mascara that I use. It's like for volumizing lashes. And honestly, again, I bought it from like a CVS it worked well. And I just keep ordering it. I'm like, if I find the one, I don't care the cost of the product as long like, as it's not making me break out. If it works, I'm using it. So I will say that I use that. Um, I'm not big on lip color. So I actually use, I have a sitting right here because if you need to reapply, but uh, the Christian Dior lip maximizer is my go-to lip gloss. I wear it through all my workouts it is wonderful. It stays on. It gives you that little tingle. So like, I also like that. And then in terms of like on my actual skin, because I do teach uh, virtually and I teach on the mirror. So I'm like on camera, I do have to wear a little bit of makeup, but instead of a foundation, I use NARS tinted moisturizer. And it's also just really light. And I literally take like a few little dots of it and like put it on my skin and like, that's it. And then I use uh, the NARS like loose powder to like go over it. And oh, and last thing that I also use, I use um, Anastasia's brow pencil. Yes, yes. Anastasia Beverly Hills brow products are elite. Such, such great brow products. Your fitness journey. So you, you were always active. You were always working out. I had like a full like one year hiatus from like moving my body. It was really bad. Basically, I got pregnant and then the pandemic hit and I just like was like, <laughs> just and I used to like do track. I used to do swimming. I was like athletic. I used to do classes, pandemic plus pregnancy. And I was like, I was so tired my first trimester. Like I don't nothing like I just was like, let me just lie in bed and like not get COVID. So um, it was a very intense time. And I just like checked out of of working out. And then once the baby came, it was like feeding and sleep schedules. And I saw all these moms, they got like the okay at three months and they were working out again. And I was like, I don't know, like it's December, like I'm just not going to do it. And then finally, April, 2021, I said, okay, I need to just get a personal trainer because that is the only way that I'm going to be accountable. And now that I work out with a personal trainer, which I love twice a week, we've started lifting weights. I never lifted weights before. I don't know why I was like afraid of lifting weights, which is like so silly looking back. And I just feel so much better. So I would love to hear from you 
people that maybe aren't as active as they want to be now, what do you think the benefits are to creating some sort of consistent approach to fitness? And of course, you may not be able to afford a personal trainer, but what is a good way just to get started and what are some of the benefits? Yeah, absolutely. I have to ask you one question though, because I'm curious to know why you were afraid to lift weights, because I think that this is something that I would love to point out to really anyone, but mainly women. They see like, oh, like if I lift weights, I'm going to get bulky. Or like if I lift weights, like, you know, I won't get the cardio that I need. Or what exactly was your fear behind that? So it's two things. One, you hit the nail on the head, like not wanting to look bulky, which is like, even like, what does that even mean? Like, I didn't want to look strong. Like, I didn't want to look strong. Like, what? Oh, that would be so terrible if I had muscle definition. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think I like understood like that. Yes, like it makes you like lean, but you're building muscle. So I think, yes, this bulking myth. And then two, to be quite honest, I just, I, because I never had training in it, I was very, unsure of myself. Like, you know, you go to that lifting section of the gym and it's like all of these dudes just doing. And I was like, I don't, I'm going to hurt myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know the right form. So I was also intimidated. Got it. Totally. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I think you're definitely not alone in that. There are so many women that, that really like absorb those same myths or thoughts. I think that one thing is like, clearly, you know, this now, but you would have to a, change your diet and be lifting super heavy to even get what we would perceive as bulky. But strength is like so important in cor- incorporating it in your routine. So like even if you get a light set or a medium set of weights, I suggest like everyone to have some on hand, especially like now that a lot of people have gone back to working out at home. I will say one of my biggest things that I tell people when they're getting started is try it on YouTube. Like I have a YouTube channel. I have tons of workouts on my YouTube channel. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you what my favorite one is? Cause I did it last week. The bot, the body weight booty video that you uploaded. I love that because you don't need to have any equipment. That cute little like peach emoji that I saw in the title. I was like, click, I'm doing this doing this one because I also love to work out my butt I don't know why it's like my favorite area because I think it's just like you're like oh I'm toning my butt like that that feels good um (laughs) I love that video and I'll link to that in the show notes thank you so much I I enjoyed making it I I think yeah like so often people intimidated by exercise working out at the gym uh not having someone to hold you accountable so like not necessarily being able to afford a, you know, personal trainer or not being able to afford group fitness classes. Like they start at YouTube because A, it's free. You can get a variety of different genres of workouts and really find what you want. I think the key to consistency is finding something that you actually enjoy because who's going to keep going back to something that makes them feel miserable. Like if every time you show up to work out, you're like, oh, I have to do this. Eventually one day you're going to be like, I don't have to do this. I'm not doing it, you know? Right. Um, so there are so many forms of workout, working out that people just kind of gloss over. For example, like my favorite workouts are boxing and kickboxing. Uh, but most people don't even think about that as a form of working out. They just think it's a form of martial arts. And like the people that, you know, want to study it or, or go on to do it professionally or even amateurs, like that's what they do. But I think it's something that can also be a great form of exercise for just 
everyday people. But you know, I think like finding ways to make fitness fun. And that, that to me is like the center of my brand is the center of what I stand for is like making sure that people that they can enjoy fitness and it doesn't have to feel like a choice. Yes. Yes. That's so important. And what do you think improves overall? I think for me, one of the things that's improved overall is I think the quality of my sleep is better. Um, I think probably because I'm like tiring myself out more. And I think subconsciously, I still don't eat like no, no dietitian or nutritionist would look at my diet and say like, this is, you should follow this. But I think I eat better than I would have if I didn't have a consistent workout routine. It's just, just like something subconscious when like you're working so hard. You're like, I want food that actually fuels me. I'm not going to grab a bag of chips. But what does working out consistently change for you? You know, it's decreased my stress levels. It's made me feel more energized. I like to work out in the morning. I'm very much so a morning person. So, you know, if I start my day with a workout, I literally feel charged and like I can do anything throughout my day. I also think that, you know, to me, and, and some people will also attest to this, like it increases mood. Like it just makes me feel happy. And I know that I'm doing something great for my body. So I feel a, re- a sense of a reward, reward when I do work out. Yeah, I think that, like you said, it makes you not want to pick up, you know, that piece of cake or like it makes you like maybe not want to, well, I would say not pick up that piece of pizza, but I live in New York and they got some of the best. Yeah, I was going to so. I mean, yeah. This to me, in my opinion, tell me if you agree. I think the ultimate lifestyle is to be able to eat what you enjoy and then just work out hard when you can. Like that, at least that's for me, that's my goal. Like I just want to eat what I like and like work out as often as I can with my schedule. Absolutely. And listen, like everything in moderation for the most part is okay. You know, like, you know, I was just away for a bachelorette trip this weekend and I'm training right now for a campaign shoot. But I'm like, I'm not going to deprive myself of going to hang out with my friends and like, you know, have some drinks and have brunch and like enjoy the things that I'm putting into my body because this is a moment that I won't ever get back. So I think that like when I think of eating well, I really just think of my body getting the proper nourishment. I make sure that I take my vitamins. I make sure that, you know, I'm getting the proper amounts of proteins and fats and, and things into my body. But like at the same time, I don't police myself and I don't think anybody should. Totally. Now you mentioned doing your workouts in the morning. And I do think that that's a big key for people. Like, I think you have to do it first thing so it doesn't get pushed out or something else. Cause you never know what the day is going to bring. But if you know you're starting your day with a workout, it's going to get done. Another tip I've heard is people say that they leave their like sneakers and shoes and gym bag like by the door at the door handle so that it's there. What are other things that you think help people to actually stick to? Even if it's like, I'm going to do YouTube, you know, twice a week for 30 minutes. How can people stick to them? Okay. So one of the things that I also say is like, when you look good, you feel good. So one of the motivators for me is buying really cute gym outfits. Oh, yes. So to make sure that I have a really cute matching. So like when I go to the gym or even if I'm working out in my house, like I'm like, oh, well, I'm cute. Like I also want to do well in this workout. Like I think that it, it's interesting, but like fashion for me is a motivator. Um, and I know for a lot of people, like they just like, oh, like if I'm wearing the right shoes or like if I've got the right scrunchie in my hair or whatever the case may be, like whatever makes you feel fire, 
that's what you should do. It doesn't matter if you're doing your workout in the comfort of your own home, you're looking at yourself, you know, and yes. you want to look up yourself. So yeah, that's one of my motivators for sure. Now, obviously, Lululemon goes with that saying, you look great in all of their stuff. But are there other like, amazing workout brands? Because I sometimes I feel stumped when I'm going to like shop for like workout sets. Obviously, we know Nike, we know Adidas, but like, are there other cool brands that you think are doing really cute stuff? Absolutely. I mean, I am a Lululemon girl from head to toe. Is this I just, top Lululemon? Yes, this is Lululemon in the pants. Wait, Deja, like I'm shook. Like I was actually intentionally not asking you who made the top because I was like, that can't be Lululemon. And I know she's an ambassador. So let me not ask her. That's Lululemon. Wow. Okay. So for people that are just listening, it's like this like asymmetric neon green, like it, you could wear this to the club. But it looks comfortable as well. It's so cute. Wow. Love. Thank you. Is that available? Is that on sale now? This actually, I think it's still on. This is the thing about Lululemon is like they come out with new stuff like all the time. Week, yeah. And you got to get it while it's hot. So I'm pretty sure this bodysuit, it's a bodysuit. It's underneath. So I'm pretty sure this is still online. But I'll send a link afterwards and send it to you if it's still there. Okay. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, everyone. Okay. So, so you just, you just go to Lululemon and grab what you can. Any other brands? Yeah. You know, um, I really do like independent black owned brands and, uh, 11 by Venus is a brand that I absolutely love. I think Venus is doing a really, really great job. I mean, what else would we expect from, right. you know, this tennis superstar? Yes. But I think that she is doing really well. I think there's a lot of brands out there that are, definitely making super cute fits. The reason why I love Lululemon so much is because of the quality. I think yeah. that one, the very first pair that I got years and years ago, I still have. So it's like, yes. Um, and then they have like super cute sets. Like a lot of people will be surprised when I'm like, when they're like, oh, I love your outfit. And they're like, where'd you get it? And I'm like, Lululemon. <laughs> they're like, there's no way to Lululemon. But really, honestly, they've come out with a lot of amazing prints and like different cuts, you know, like you said, the interesting asymmetrical cut. Like they have other like tops and sports bras and bodysuits and things that you probably wouldn't associate with the brand if you if you shopped it a long time ago. But check it out now. Yes, yes. And I'll also plug for like men's gifts. Like I got my husband, the, I think they're called the ABC pants or the commission pants. He lives in those. Like I got him like a navy blue and a black. And like, it's it's the gift that's had the most mileage in our relationship. Like he loves those oh, pants. That's um, amazing. He lives in Lululemon as well. I love it. So how have you been able to find moments for self-care and like, how has your approach to self-care changed throughout this pandemic? I feel like so many of us are trying to find, I think self-care used to just be like, oh, like sitting at home, but like now we're home a lot more often. So what does self-care look like for you now? I think that because I am, especially for my work, pouring out into others so much, I have to remember that I can't pour from an empty cup and I have to continue to replenish and pour back into myself. So I have like a whole routine that I do every morning. And then I also take time for myself to pause and unwind in the evening. And usually I'm doing that with my husband, but like I even take certain moments just for myself in the morning. It looks like meditation and I do anything from like a five minute meditation all the way to like 25, 30 minute meditation. So like I find, you know, these guided meditations on apps like Calm that like 
accommodate my schedule. I think also reading. I love, love, love to read. Um, so just having moments where I can read either on the train or during my commute or sit up and read in my bed if I have, you know, 30 extra minutes and I can just flip through pages and just like have that quality time to absorb new knowledge. Also value my time in the bathroom where I can just like do all my skincare things in the morning. So I like play a little bit of music. Music is always like just this common thread throughout my life, whether it's through dance or through fitness, uh, you know, just doing my routine in the morning, I'm listening to music. And then I just find moments to pause and breathe. I recall several times throughout like you know, stressful situations where I'll just dismiss myself and go to the restroom. And it's like, I'll just go into a stall and just do breath work for a couple of minutes. And I reset my mind and my body and then I can go out and do whatever I need to do. But I think it's so important that I take care of myself first. Otherwise I can't help or take care of anyone. Yes, I love this. And I love that you realized, you know, doing that competitive dance then going to becoming like a professional dancer to the point where you're at the Super Bowl, realizing that your mental health was suffering in this like, you know, whirlwind, just insane industry to now just be able to focus on yourself, educating others, making people have a more holistic approach to wellness. I think that's so powerful and, and so inspiring for, for us to hear because yeah, you absolutely have to pour into yourself before you pour into others. Well, we've reached our final question. Deja, when do you feel most beautiful? Wow. I feel beautiful a lot of the time. (laughs) I probably feel most beautiful when I feel a sense of peace. I'm actually reading this book right now by Morgan Harper Nichols. Um, She's an incredible author. You have to get this book. If you've ever read or followed her on Instagram and you hear like some of the things that she puts out into the world, it's just so beautiful. But she has this book called Peace is a Practice. And it's actually transforming the way that I think about my sense of peace and how sacred it is to me. And so I I do know that the moments that I feel the most beautiful on the inside is when I have that peace. And whatever that looks like for you, I I challenge you to be on a mission to find whatever brings you peace because it is life-changing. Honestly, like I wouldn't be able to do all of the things that I do. I wouldn't be able to, you know, operate as a healthy wife or sister or friend um, if I didn't have peace. So yeah, that's when I feel most beautiful. I absolutely love that. Well, Deja, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you. I got dance tips tonight. I wasn't even expecting that, but <laughs> you, you've, you've given me so much inspiration and I, I've loved hearing your story. So thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence, every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, that was my conversation with Deja. I suddenly feel very motivated to buy workout clothes. I really liked that tip about when you are looking forward to wearing something, it does make you want to work out more. And maybe that means I'm superficial, um, but it works. It works for me. So I will be perusing, I'll be doing some online shopping after this to find outfits for my next workout. I hope you were inspired and motivated by her story. And I just loved her energy. I thought she was so much fun to talk to. I have so many exciting interviews coming up. Like I am literally so excited for some incredible people that I'm speaking to. So just, you know, stay subscribed. I always love the support at Naked Beauty Planet. That's a Naked Beauty community. I've got a lot of stuff going on there too. So tap in, join us. I love to hear from you all. And I'll talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.